Corey and I are emotionally numb, so this this will be an easier day to get through. Um, but before uh, bringing just a, a brief thought from God's word, um, it's funny. I, we packed up our computers, and it's like, oh yeah, I don't. So I'll be bringing everything from this. Um, so you'll see that warm Acts 29 worship leader glow on my face. Uh, so, I, yeah, delayed laugh. I get it. You got it. So, um, but thank you. The list is like long, um, but I, I think I will I will keep it. Um, to not bore everyone to death. Um, obviously, thanks to the Lord, that's a given. Um, but thanks to my family. Uh, so glad, Matt, thank you for bringing Jessica down. Uh, so, um, but, you know, everybody who knows me knows Corey is going to get a big crown in heaven. And uh, so it's easy to say, Thanks to my crew. So uh, that's so cool. And Matt and Julie, uh, thanks to you guys. So we, uh, yeah, people are like, this church wouldn't be here for you. And we always know it's God. So I, I get that. But this church would not have undergone some of the change um, had you not come. So grateful to God for you, bro. Wasn't last week just like the most awesome time? I thoroughly enjoyed that. So uh, that's cool. So, and thanks to everybody here. Actually, we're going to, I figured... What's the best thing I could say? Well, that's simple. Um, what was Paul's final charge and what he thought was his first? It ended up being a second later. But what was his final charge to the Thessalonians? Uh, we're going to do that today. Um, commentators are divided uh, whether or not it was to cure a problem or whether it was just to um, strengthen what was already there. Um, I'm not divided as far as in applying this uh, small meditation to you. Um, these things are here. I just want to um, really charge you, ask you, um, commend you, and just say, keep, keep doing what you have been doing. And um, because it's funny, as I, as I read these scriptures, um, your faces pop into my head. It's just real easy to do this. So we want to leave um, the focus on who it needs to be. You know, Paul says, it's a scripture we, when Matt and I announced the transition that family night, that we, neither of us knew we were both going to use the same scripture because we didn't collaborate on what we were going to say. But it's interesting because when Paul writes about, you know, the Corinthians are picking sides and who's the celebrity pastor. And um, thankfully that's not here because neither Matt nor I are celebrities. So that analogy ends. Um, but it is interesting because Paul begins with what is, not who is. Even in the Greek, it's what. It's not a translation issue. Paul starts with what is Apollos. What is Paul? What is Apollos? Because the only who in any construct of gratitude in any thought of glory and who causes what and who does what. There's only one who. And that's God. So in this case, Paul now writes as a creature. Paul now writes as just a vessel. Paul writes as a piece of pottery that has been set apart by God for use. 
And that's what is so cool. We can, I'm, I'm going to be grateful in advance to whatever. Uh, I was hoping nothing would be planned, but it appears something is planned. So Corey and I almost, we just said, you know what? Why don't we do kind of like a version of an elopement? <laughs> Why don't we just leave this morning? Just get in the truck and drive. That would be awesome. We would beat George and Rita and, and we would be done. But uh, Corey didn't care about you guys. She says, no, I want one more night with Jimmy. So, all right. If you would be kind enough to open to 1 Thessalonians 5, and I will shut up and let's read God's Word. before we relate, let's pray. Lord, the wonder of knowing your voice, and we are about to hear your voice as we read this passage. We should have known wrath, and we are going to be able to hear your voice. What a wonder. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. First Thessalonians 5, verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be, be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil. But always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now it's interesting in this text... Paul begins, it's, it's like three, three things. It's the, the response of the congregation to their leaders. It's the response of the congregation toward, or the responsibilities, either one. The responsibility of the congregation to their leaders. It's the responsibility of a congregation to God. And then, then he narrows down it's the response of the congregation to the third person of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. So he begins with, what do you do towards leaders? And, and he, he says something for them, and then he, towards them, and then he says something for the congregation as far as a, a definition. In, in the ESV and other translations, it, it says respect, but I, I think um, you could think really the word recognition 
and appreciation. Respect can carry some, some overtones that, that um, may be a little much. Perhaps a better word, just, just recognition and just appreciation. Not honor and worthy in, in words which so many times for us conjure up out of the word respect. Just recognition and appreciation. And it's interesting because he doesn't say for them, again, back to what is Paul. Paul's consistent in this letter as well. He doesn't say respect and appreciation of them. Now, it's implicit there because that's just what we do. That's how we treat every brother and sister. James tells us that we're all created in the image of God, even the unbeliever. So how, how can you have blessing and cursing out of the same mouth towards any human being? Because all human beings are created in the image of God. And then especially those who are your brothers and sisters in Christ and have been redeemed by Christ's death. So the issue here is there may have been a little, little what's not going on in this church, a little issue between the leaders and the congregation. It was a young church at this point. And he just says, listen, just, just acknowledge that they're leaders and they're leading you and, 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 and have some appreciation for them. Just do what you do to any other Christian. But for them, there's one small difference. And it's not about them because the ground's level at the foot of the cross. The issue is because of what they do. Respect them, in your version, for their work. Acknowledge and appreciate the labor that they do. It's so awesome to be on the way out. Because this doesn't apply to me. But for, for, for Matt and for Aaron... And for Sam, respect them. By extension, for your care group leaders. For what they do. That's what it's about. Just acknowledge and appreciate and pray for. They're just people. We don't have to, ooh, ah, no. God doesn't need us, but he wants us. God doesn't need us, but he uses us. God doesn't need us, but he rewards us. So respect them for the work of God and the choice of God to have them do some of the stuff they do. And it's cool because specifically with regard to these type of leaders, it's pretty simple. What do they do? What's all these big words? No, no. All they do is they lead, but, but, the, but the operative words in Thessalonians is they, they protect they guard doctrinally the gate. That's what they do. And they care for. Whether it's through preaching or counseling. Or just being your friend and leading by example and goofing off at Red Robin together. Or hanging out at Starbucks if you don't even get into anything meaty. Respect for what they do. Remember... In, in our, all of our churches, we've, we've got just a, a, a baseline amount that, that is expected of every pastor. The, the senior pastor, the lead pastor, because he also preaches God's word in a primary fashion, he's typically working. A normal work week is 65 hours. Rarely does it go under. Sometimes it goes over. So for what they do, now, for me, I know. It's just an, it's two hours a week, and once Matt Drago started leading, it was only one hour. So, but Matt's going to be different. Um, and then for Aaron and Sam, you just, you just need to know. 
I mean, they're working a 55-hour week, week after week, at, at a minimum, week after week, week after week. So what they do, and remember, though, what they do is they protect and they care. What a great job description. And then, and then it says, basically, don't fuss with each other. Be at peace. But it's more than, that word there is more than just be at peace. And this is like, you guys already do what I just asked towards leaders. Now, you already do what Paul's talking about here. But I, I want you to do more and excel. It's talking about having healthy and positive relationships. Not just the absence of strife. But leaning in to strengthen even more. That's why we do care group. That's one of, not the only doctrine is the main, but one of the reasons we do care group is to experience life, our life in God together so that we can build outside of that night you meet Wednesday or Thursday, in addition to that night you meet, in addition to Sunday. This is the most important meeting. This is not the only time. So let me join in with God's word and just ask you to continue building healthy Positive relationships with each other. Be at peace. That well-being. If we'd have continued reading in Ephesians, we'd have found that Christ died to abolish the walls that were between us. Again, it was the, he picked the largest wall of the day, Jews and Gentiles. But it was more than just that. We have peace with God, which provides peace with ourselves. But that's not the only place it goes. It's a threefold peace. It's peace with one another. So be at peace. And then, and then it tells what some of this looks like. And it's what's so cool. Remember, this is to the congregation. So this could be, you could, could look at this and go, this is about leaders. No! As we have discovered many times in Genesis, you are your brother's sister's keeper. So now he makes an appeal to the congregation, not just the care group leaders, not just the, the, the wives that are doing Titus 2, not, no, every, every person in the building that's a Christian, young or old, single, married, widowed, divorced, no matter your background, no matter what you've done, if you call on the name of Christ, and more importantly, he's called your name. Here's the job description. Warn. Admonish is just a big word for warn. It has a, a tinge of reproach, but not self-righteous reproach. Just, hey, warn people in this room and your care group. Warn them gently. Be led of the Spirit. Warn them patiently. Warn them, but warn them when they're doing irresponsible conduct or irresponsible behavior. Why? Two reasons. For the purity of the church and the glory of God. And then number two, their, their salvation is not in danger. We're not talking about Matthew 18 and excommunication and whether or not they're apostate or not. Because even then we treat people because we don't know someone's heart. We treat them as if they're still a Christian. It's the ultimate warning, admonishment of behavior that doesn't befit someone who's a child of God and whose heart has been regenerated. No, we're, just, we're, we're warning them for the glory of God, but we're and our witness to unbelievers as a church. We're warning them, though, because 
oh my, you're going to go to heaven, but we, we love you enough to, to warn you because don't you want to please God more? And don't you want, there's more reward ahead. Don't, don't get to heaven with regret. I'm 52. I got a long list of those. Don't, no, 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 no. Live for God now. There's another day. This is not all there is. That's why we warn. And then what do you do? You, you, you help and, and you, you, you be with and you encourage. The next category is the folks that are <laughs> worried, discouraged, fearful. This is the range of words for the next group for timid and the like. Worried, discouraged, fearful, sad, lacking confidence, and feeling inadequate. Tells us what to do. Because you know what? Everybody in this room is that way now, has been that way yesterday, or is about to be that way tomorrow. It is the congregation's responsibility to do that. And then what do you do with the next category? What do you, who do you encourage? The weak. What does that mean? Moral and spiritual weakness. And, range of that word, which you guys do so well, economic need. Isn't it crazy? We're to warn and we're to encourage in spiritual weakness. Temptation. Temptation is not sin. So temptation needs somebody to be your brother's keeper and get around that person and pray for them and help them. Not lecture them for temptation. Help them for temptation. Lest you too be tempted, it says in Galatians 6. You know what it feels like. What a great responsibility of a congregation towards each other. And then last but not least, we are commanded all of us in this congregation and every Christian congregation, we're commanded to not just be joyful. You can't just be joyful. We're commanded to express joy. You realize that? We are commanded to live a life. And, and Paul's, if you read the entire letter, the, the, the whole letter is to a church. He's telling the church it's under persecution. Hey, smile, show some teeth. That's why we've tried over the years to delineate the difference between sober and somber. You can be soberly minded and filled with joy. Just like he says, you've got to be a thankful people. Give thanks and pray without ceasing. Why do we express joy? Why should we pray without ceasing? Why do we give thanks when life is crumbling all around us? Because there's a God, the God, who has called us by name and who has saved us and is waiting to reward us and dwells in us. And he is over all circumstance and he is over all things. So really, this, this prayer, thankfulness, and joy expressed, it's, it's like our creed. For those of you like me that may come from a more liturgical 
Remember the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed? You begin with the words, I believe. Do you know what? This was the first creed. Prayer, gratitude, and joy that people could see. I'm joyful because I believe something about God. I believe what he's done for me. And I believe he's going to keep me to the end. And I believe I've got a future in heaven. I can pray because I know who controls everything right now. And I can be thankful because I know who's brought every circumstance good or not so good or horrible into my life. Welcome to Joseph. So that's our admonition from Scripture. And then last but not least, undoubtedly they were having some issues like a lot of the churches then with what do you do with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and it, We don't know if he said, you know, don't quench the Spirit and then as an example of that prophecy or if that was the issue. But regardless, don't quench the Spirit. How do you test these, these spiritual outpourings? Well, that, that's real simple. You test them by content, and you test them by effect. Undoubtedly, they were, there were some wonky things going on in Thessalonica, and what were the people doing that were the, the orthodox? They were just dismissing it all. You guys are nuts. We're done. I don't ever want to hear anything at the ministry, Mike. The Scripture didn't fit. The Scripture didn't bless. You got it wrong. This thing you had from the Lord or this prayer request you had or this thing that you felt the Lord was having you do to pray for somebody, nope, 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 nope. Swing and a miss. We're going to can it all, wacko charismatics. Well, we don't want to be wacko charismatics. Correct. And how do you do that? You test. And in Corinthians, he, he, he throws testing into just two categories. What's the content? Does it agree with God's word? And then B, prophecy and all these things in the spirit. They, they, they have a purpose and they have a method and they have a motive and they have an effect. It's edification of the body. So if something's true to Scripture, and if it's true to Scripture, it's going to be edifying and encouraging or an exhortation, then you can go, okay, that's cool. Let's hold on to that. Let's not despise it. Let's not be so scared of it. Let's hold on to that. We've got a Bible. And then, no, that's not too good. And you know what? Don't worry about it just because somebody says, this is the Lord. Yeah, whatever. We don't despise the person, nor do we despise prophecy. But we do run it through the filter of God's word. And the filter of God's word says, here's the content, and by the way, here's what the effect is supposed to look like. This is so cool. And that's what you do. And that's why Corey and I um, can say thank you. And we're very grateful. And so just keep doing what you've been doing. And we'll grow. I, I can't wait personally to see the changes that come about after I leave. The person who pours the concrete waits to see what the house is going to look like. And so, um, I've got my white boots on, the concrete's dry, 
and I can't wait to drive by another day and see what God does. Because God, back to Paul, God gives the growth. And that's pretty exciting. So let me pray for you before I turn it back over to Matt. And uh, I actually, my prayer's coming right out of the same text. Father, I pray that you, the God of peace, will sanctify this congregation completely. Lord, may their whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, thank you that you who calls them is, are, and always will be faithful. You will surely do it. So bless them, our friends, I pray. In Jesus' name. And last but not least in verse 25. Pray for us. We will need it. We are going in full faith and full confidence that this is what God has called us to do. But uh, we need your prayers. We start this time next week. I will be sitting probably in shorts with flip-flops. <laughs> um, <sighs> This morning at 7, it was a full 35 degrees warmer where home is about to be. And that's just blessed and glory filled my soul, to quote the hymn. <laughs> and um, so we will be in a house. I have no idea how many, I have absolutely no idea how many people are going to come. None. I really don't. I think we got about 20 adults, I think. But I don't even know if they'll all be there or if we're just, you know, smoking weed about the 20 adults. But, uh, uh yeah, I'm leaving. I can say that now. And um, <laughs> so um, we don't know how many people are going to be there, but we do know the most important is going to be in the room. Most important person is going to be in the room, Jesus Christ. And where two or three are gathered, he's going to be right there. So, uh, so <laughs> pray for me. The old beater Yamaha is out. I don't have a worship leader. They're now stuck with me again for a little while anyway. So pray we get one quick. And... Uh, and yeah, it's going to be great. So Sunday morning, we'll be there. Um, it's going to be an abbreviated, it's going to be our first service in a living room. Uh, so it'll be an abbreviated service. We've got to figure out on the fly, you know, come on seven, what to do with child care. And uh, so who knows? But then the most awesome thing, you're, it's going to be cold. I'm, I'm suspecting all the, you know, our plum blossoms are gone now and the peaches are dead uh, after this freeze. But we, on the other hand, after our service, We'll all be going to the beach for a potluck. So just, we'll pray for you when it's in the 30s. And I am out on the Atlantic Ocean going, oh yeah. So thanks so much. And uh, we love you.